It's Brian, and welcome to episode five of the Accelerated Fat Loss Program. Today, primarily, what we're going to do is a Q&A. We're going to answer questions that have come in over the last several days since you guys have listened to the first four podcasts, um, and you guys are applying the information, all right? So this is our second week here as I'm recording this. It's our second week, and you guys should be practicing. Um, We've got four weeks, essentially. Last week, we kind of eased in. This week, we're basically three meals a week, or three meals a day, I should say. We're striving for the lean protein, starchy carb, fibrous carb. All right, our whole outcome this week and the following two weeks is to elevate your metabolism. So I'm gonna start and end this podcast the same way by reminding you again to eat three supportive meals a day consisting of a lean protein, a starchy carbohydrate, and a fibrous carbohydrate. And I could stop the information right there and you'd pretty much understand what you need to do to get the right nutrition to elevate your metabolism. I wanna reemphasize, do not overcomplicate this. Look at your plate. On that plate, you should have some source of a lean protein, a lower fat protein, about the size of your palm, a starchy carbohydrate. If it's a baked potato, It could be about the size of your fist and a fibrous carbohydrate. If you were to cup your hand, it would fit in the cup of your hand. Obviously, a salad is going to be larger than that because there's a lot of air in between the pieces of lettuce. Please do not overcomplicate this, all right? I find sometimes it's a technique to avoid actually doing, laying the foundation and doing the work that needs to be done people want to make it more complicated than it really is it's not complicated i've broken this down i've taken 20 plus years of information and made this as simple as possible we do not want to overcomplicate it okay so again lean protein starch carb fibrous carb and before we jump into the q a i want to go through just a few other um, things as a foundation for the rest of this program The other thing that I want to touch on, if you remember from the very beginning, episode number one, we talked about the three prerequisites to getting the results that you're looking for. Number one, you have to believe it's possible. If you don't believe, please go back to the very beginning and just start to absorb episode one. The second thing is you need the right approach or technology. I'm going to expand on that in just a moment. And then the third thing is you need to follow through. Okay, you got to do the work. So obviously, you got to put in the put in the effort. So if we look at the right technology, it's a combination of three other things. Number one, the right nutrition. Number two, the right amount of cardiovascular exercise. And number three, strength training. Sometimes I refer to it as resistance training. So those are the three components that work synergistically together. If somebody is not doing the exercise component, two-thirds of the synergistic approach, the right approach, the right technology is missing, and this is not going to work, okay? In other words, don't look for an accelerated fat loss if two-thirds of the approach is not even around. We have to be doing the exercise part. That's why we call it the exercise advantage. It, if you're not exercising, 
then you're not burning calories at the higher rate. You're not speeding metabolism due to exercise. And your macros are definitely going to need to be completely reevaluated. So instead of 60% of the carbohydrates, then we're going to look at more like maybe a 40% carbohydrates. You just don't need as much carbs, all right? Now, macronutrients, carbs, proteins, fats. Let's not look at any of those as evil, all right? So just because we change the percentages doesn't mean that carbs are bad. We just don't have as much a need for carbohydrates, all right? So please do not expect to get results if you're following the, the nutrition component, but you're also not exercising, all right? So I'm just throwing that out there just so we can make a clear distinction. It, this is really the combination, the right nutrition, the correct amount of cardiovascular exercise, and all that means really the correct amount is that we're not excessive. We talked about the person who is spinning for an hour and then they stop losing weight and then they go for you know using the elliptical machine after the spinning class or th this person who only does running um, and they lose weight and to the point where their body stops releasing stored body fat in an effort to protect itself. We're missing components. We're missing the strength training if all we're doing is the cardiovascular approach. And then, of course, strength training. We will continue to talk more and more about strength training and making sure that we are stimulating muscle tissue by using the proper amount of resistance or weight levels or band resistance. All right, so the first question is actually a series of questions. Is there a specific time of day that is recommended to eat? For instance, I've heard things like eat 30 minutes after waking to alert your body that it's time to be up or don't eat prior to working out so you burn body fat and not the calories that you just consumed or eat 15 minutes after working out but only protein. It's a great, great questions. Let's make things simple, all right? All these, all these questions have a place, all right? But most people just need to start getting into the habit of eating a lean protein, a starch carb, and a fibrous carb at some point after waking up. Now, if you can work out on an empty stomach, there is a little bit of a metabolic boost. You will burn a little bit more body fat if you can make it through your workout on an empty stomach. Not everybody can. So I would recommend perhaps if you can't make it through the workout on an empty stomach, find something small that will work for you. Maybe the best thing could be one scoop of a protein powder, you know, perhaps about 20 grams of protein would be a good way to attempt if you need to add in something small, perhaps a half of a banana with that. If that can help you make it through the, the workout, great. All right. So the question, should I eat prior to or after, really is based on if you can make it through. It's a little bit better to, to make it through on an empty stomach. Doesn't mean you need to do it that way though. Um, after 15 minutes of working out, only eat protein. That's really for athletes that are going for extreme muscle development. As long as we eat our three requirements, shortly thereafter our workout, lean protein, starch carb, fibrous carb, we are definitely going to allow our muscles to resynthesize or repair with the protein that we provided after the workout all right it's important in our cases to eat all three all right then 
along with that, the question is, are smoothies considered okay, um, or would they fall into the juice category, and should they be limited? So when I think of a smoothie, all I'm thinking of is the combination of protein powder and fruit. If you combine two scoops of Beverly International Vanilla UMP into a blender with a banana or with strawberries, um, that, that is, I consider a smoothie and would be great. Perfect, perfect. You might want to have some kind of a starchy carb with that, but that would be an ideal smoothie. Now, this, what you can buy at a commercial smoothie store, on the other hand, generally is loaded with sugar and is not going to have as much protein and will not be nearly as good uh, in terms of allowing our body to elevate metabolism for the purposes of ultimately burning fat. Great next question. Um, several recipes that you provide, Brian, call for egg whites. What do you do with the yolks? It's a really, really good question again. Um, for many years, that um, we thought, the, the nutrition industry, thought that consuming egg yolks where the cholesterol is would provide, would give you cholesterol, um, would increase your cholesterol levels. So um, it, that, that um, theory, I guess it was, is, has been debunked. And so now the general rule of thumb is to, it's fine to eat the entire egg, the, the yolk and the egg whites. Um, I'm still in the habit because it's, it's only been a few years since a couple years that um, the egg yolks have been quote unquote allowed to, to come back into our diet. I, I still will say egg whites uh, on occasion. So it's completely fine. Eat the entire egg yolk and the egg white together. Here's another good one. Chobani non-fat plain Greek yogurt. Yay or nay? Absolutely yay. It's a great choice. Any of the, the um, Greek yogurts are lower in sugar and much higher in protein. So those are awesome choices. Um, I love the plain lower fat versions or non-fat. But I got to tell you, you need to add, most people need to add stuff to it to give it a little bit, so if you're going completely zero fat, plain, um, put some stuff in it. Give it some flavor, okay? Um, we'll use it as sour cream. You know, we'll, we'll mix in fresh berries and um, maybe a tiny bit, tiny bit of Splenda, now or Stevia, something to make it just a little bit more flavorful. Um, so Greek yogurt is amazing it the various things you guys have seen some of the recipes that i've used and and done videos on with the greek yogurt it is awesome hey brian if half and half must be used with coffee is regular or fat-free a better option um wow think of half and half and let's make the assumption you're having two cups of coffee a day Either the regular or the fat-free, I think, is going to be okay if you're not putting that much in. I mean, are you talking half and half? Half a cup of coffee and the other half is creamer? In that case, then, I would probably opt for fat-free. But it's a, it's a condiment. It's a little, we're just putting a little bit in. So I wouldn't get too worked up. We're talking about eating 1,600 calories a day. 
the half and half might account for 30 calories of that. So it's such a small amount. You know, you get to pick. If you prefer the, the richer, higher in fat, I'm completely okay with that. Now, if you're drinking 200 calories a day from half and half, um, you're going to skew your, your, your macros a little bit. I would definitely go with the lower fat, fat-free, as low in sugar as possible version. The answer to the next question is a little tricky. Um, let's ask the question first. If I want to have a snack, is it okay, say, just a hard-boiled egg and not add in the carbs? Is a protein option of a snack better than a fruit carb option? Thinking of mid-afternoon around 3 p.m. I would have to answer that on the surface. The answer to that question is yes. The protein option is going to be better than the fruit or carb option. Um, and the reason for that is a little bit more protein, a little less of the um, glucose blood sugar issue when it's only a carb or especially if it's only a fruit having said that every time we eat we want to strive for a lean protein a starchy carb and a fibrous carb if you need to eat around 3 p.m that probably means your lunch was not large enough and this is going to become an issue at some point and don't think of issue as a bad thing it's going to come up where we're going to in week two, three, at some point, you're going to notice you're hungry. And in that case, I want you to start to add a little bit more to first your protein and then second your fibrous carb and then third your starchy carb. Okay. I don't want you to get locked into it has to be the size of my hand like Brian said. All right. So at three o'clock, if you're still hungry or if you're hungry at three o'clock, is it okay to have a snack? It's okay. Sure. But it's Ideally, lean protein, starchy carb, fibrous carb, all three. In worst case scenario, then I would opt for the protein. In this case, the question was hard-boiled eggs versus a fruit. Hard-boiled eggs are going to be a little bit better. It's kind of a sloppy, messy answer. I understand there's a lot of distinctions that um, ultimately I just want to simplify things and say eat three times a day each time you eat. Have a lean protein, a starch carb, and a fibrous carb, and we should eat enough so that we can make it to the next meal. Perhaps an hour before that next meal, you start to get a little bit of, mm, I'm starting to notice I'm getting hungry. Okay? I hope that makes sense. How do branch chain amino acid powders fit into this plan? So not everybody knows what that is. Uh, BCAA, branch chain amino acids, is a supplement that some people use to provide a little bit more of a boost, energy boost. It's a, an essential amino acid is something the body needs to produce a lot of the processes in the body. And uh, the vast majority of us do not get enough of BCAAs from the protein that we consume. So the supplement is a great. Now keep in mind, it is a supplement. And by definition, a supplement means in addition to regular food. So don't think you can drink the branch chain amino acid powders uh, and not have protein. You need both. And so I would, if you need one in the morning, drink it with your meal. Um, if you can, if you are in the habit of drinking it before your workout, keep that going. If you need one in the afternoon, you know, it's fine. Check the calories. Make sure your version of BCAAs does not have a lot of sugar in it. 
If it does have some sugar, then I would recommend consuming it as part of the meal because the protein from your meal and the fiber from your meal will help slow the absorption of any sugar that might be in your powder or in your beverage. Next question. Does a misstep, in other words, if I screw up, and it could be food probably, it could be alcohol, does a misstep shut down the whole process such that it's like shoots and ladders where we have to go back to the start, LOL. Uh, only if you wanna do this perfectly. And having taken thousands of people through this approach, literally, um, I've never seen anybody do it perfectly. So if you have a bad day of eating, get back on the horse the very next day. All right, stop waiting till Monday or stop waiting till, uh, I mean, that's the diet mentality. I don't do this perfectly. Even when I was obsessed and doing it perfectly, I didn't do it perfectly. So please, let's get rid of that. If you have a bad day, hey, give yourself a big fat hug Say, I'm not perfect, just like everybody else. Let's move on. Next question. Hey, Brian, what are your thoughts on using MyFitnessPal to track food, etc.? For example, it gives a breakdown of the diary of food entered, the number of grams for carbs, fats, and proteins consumed in that meal. Can this app be used um, to make sure I'm staying in line with the recommended percentages of food? It could be, yes, absolutely. If you are somebody that knows that getting out your phone or sitting down at your computer and entering everything that you eat into an app, if that is a habit that you like to do and are good with it, do it. I, I would do it. I, I don't have the discipline or the time for that. Um, I can write it down on a sheet of paper and say I had a chicken breast, I had a baked potato, and I had a salad. Boom, that was my second meal of the day. I call it lunch. I mean, it's, it's too complicated for most people. It's time consuming. And when I have played around with MyFitnessPal in the past, and I'm not picking on them, it's true of most of these apps, it's not flexible enough. It wants to push me into a different um, percentage. It's saying, oh, you're a little bit short on your blah, 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 whatever, for your fat intake, all right? So they don't know exactly, they've never heard of the approach, or they've, um, they don't necessarily follow the accelerated fat loss approach, which by the way, we, we're, we haven't even talked about that yet, okay? We have to do this first step, all right? We've gotta get through ninth grade before we go to college. So that's where we are, we're in ninth grade right now. Um, so we'll talk about that in a couple weeks, the accelerated fat loss. We can't skip this step. If you like Fitness Pal, my Fitness Pal, if it works for you, absolutely. I think you should use it. Don't add it to a list, though, of things you need to do if it's not a good fit for you, if it's not something you easily will turn to and record consistently and regularly. Next question. I did the calculation that you recommended. In the podcast, 1,625 calories seems like a lot. Um, yes, it, it would be a lot for a sedentary person. Um, and I'm not going to go through 
the metabolism and you know the ideal body weight and all that jazz. But 1625 is the number of calories. That would be a lot if somebody wasn't exercising. You are following the exercise advantage where you're doing strength training and cardiovascular training. So 1625 is not a lot, especially if you follow our recommendation for the protein and combine the starchy and fibrous carbohydrates. You're going to have to trust me on this. I'm going to send you guys out another way to calculate it, but I only do that um, at the risk of adding another layer. We need to make things simple. Look at your plate, lean protein, starchy carb, fibrous carb, eat enough once you start with the size of your palm, your closed hand, how much you could put inside that, that cupped hand, once you start with that, you're going to find pretty quickly that you're extra hungry. You need to make your protein a little bit larger, and then maybe your fibrous carbs a little bit larger. If you're still hungry, perhaps your starchy carbs a little bit larger, all right, eating three times a day. So let's not overcomplicate this. Um, it seems like it's a lot of food until you realize what you're actually burning th through following the exercise advantage of the right amount of cardiovascular exercise, not doing too much, and your concern for developing lean muscle tissue through strength training. Hey, Brian, is it possible to do a body composition and measurements? Um, I remember doing them back in the day and they were a big motivator. So if anybody wants to do their own body measurements, I'm happy to send you a chart and you can get a little tape measure and do that yourself. We do not do any scales anymore. We have bio, um, we have body composition scales. We don't do them anymore. And the reason is people get fixated on numbers. Um, if you put on a pair of pants, people don't care what their body fat is once they fit into their favorite outfit. Um, take a picture. I hope you took the pictures last week, as I suggested. I hope you got out one or two of your favorite outfits that could be a little bit snug right now and tried them on and that they're there for you to try in four weeks. Once you fit in your favorite outfit or once you look at yourself in the mirror and see something that you're happy with, you don't care if that says 29% body fat or 49% body fat. Trust me, you don't care. And I don't want to be standing around when somebody looks at a scale number and there's a million factors that cause it to fluctuate up and down. Some have to do with the effort that you put in the last four weeks. A lot have nothing to do with the effort that you put in the last four weeks. And I've had to pick people off the ground emotionally as they're distraught because of the daggone number on a scale. We give it way too much power. We don't need it. Use your outfits, use pictures. That's all you really need. This next question came in in multiple different formats. And I'm going to walk you guys through it. Keep an open mind here, okay? We're going to make this as simple as possible. But it's the question of alcohol. Um, first and foremost, let me tell you, let me share that there's no judgment in alcohol, all right? It's going to be a very individualized thing to, for you to figure out the, the balance between how much alcohol should I have versus my goal, okay? I can tell you this, that when we, and I'll explain this in a little bit more detail, but when we consume alcohol, it's going to make the process of body fat reduction more difficult. There's no question at all about that. Now, having said that, 
Alcohol, for many people, myself included, is a nice way to unwind, to relax, de-stress, take the edge off, whatever it means. And especially right now, in 2020, we need stuff that helps take the edge off. I wish we could create something that would be easy to take like alcohol that had zero side effects, all right? Obviously, exercise and meditation, prayer, um, taking a walk in nature, listening to your favorite music, all those things do have those positive benefits, but they do require a little extra effort. Whereas alcohol, it's simple. You pour a glass, boom, you drink it, you know, socialize, watch your favorite show on TV, read a book, cook, whatever. It takes the edge off very quickly. All right. So there's no judgment. It's up to you individually to determine whether you want to drink only on Friday and Saturday, whether you want to completely eliminate it during the program uh, between now and basically um, Thanksgiving time. All right. Or if you're going to have a drink every day. All right. That is completely up to you. Okay. So the question, alcohol does have some powerful health properties. Um, There's a recommendation and these recommendations shift all the time. Okay. All the time. And there's so much conflicting information, but one drink for woman for women every day and perhaps two for men. Um, again, one drink for women does not mean an entire night of drinking. Um, it basically means five ounce glass of wine or a 12 ounce beer. Now, alcohol is alcohol. I don't care if you call it light beer or if you call it, you know, just a shot of vodka with calorie free soda water it's all going to have the same process in the body. And so here are some of the concerns. When you consume alcohol, it is metabolized first. So if you have it, say at, I'm going to make up sometimes, 5.30 in the afternoon, work is over, you have it before dinner, the alcohol will be metabolized first before food. And if you have, you know, a little bit more than a drink, then the food that you consume is not going to be processed. It's going to sit in your stomach and ultimately much more quickly converted into stored body fat. That is the simple, simplest answer I can give you. All right. So alcohol is always metabolized first, and then it makes pretty much whatever you eat after that, even if it's the best green, yellow, orange, red salad you've ever had with a perfect fat-free lean chicken breast that stuff is going to be metabolized more readily as fat after you consume alcohol all right so you need to keep that in mind also alcohol itself has calories even if it's a 90 calorie light beer if you're given 1600 calories in a day you know and you have two beers then you know two you're down to basically 1400 calories because 200 of them went into alcohol if you are mixing um you know more the the liquor with a mixer you have to account for those calories as well here's the other challenge with alcohol we often crave food when we drink all right so usually when we crave food we're not craving a um salmon on top of a nice green salad all right we're usually craving the high fat high um high sugary type foods um the high fattery you know all those salty foods are what we so that that combination can be a recipe for disaster 
if if your goal is body fat reduction okay so again i'm not here to tell you how much to drink um if you should drink if you want to enjoy a drink or two hey by all means um I'm, it's there but please understand every time you do drink it does slow the body's ability to release stored body fat send it into the bloodstream where then it's shuttled into the muscle and used as energy for the body hey brian what is a good protein bar um so meal replacement shakes okay a shake is considered a better choice over the bars um and here's why bars need to concern themselves with being held together with um, both taste and mouth feel the consistency um, so in order to hold a bar together you're going to need to either use fat or sugar and obviously in a lot of cases both fat and sugar if you take the fat out then you need to add a little bit more sugar if you take the sugar out you need a little add a little bit more fat with a protein powder or the shakes you don't have that same concern with holding the the shake together like you do in a bar um so there's got just know that you're going to get some there, there you're going to get some fat or or sugar in a bar no matter what the bar is um so shakes are a little bit better um it, bars for a lot of people are more convenient than shakes you can slide a bar into a purse into a pocket and you pull it out and open it up whenever you are ready to need that that fill in the gap nutrition all right um so but you can also get into the habit of putting a scoop or two of protein powder in a ziploc baggie put that baggie inside your shaker bottle and bring it with you all you now need to do is find some water pour the the, the mix it up and then boom you have your shake all right so doesn't mean if you have a protein shake it's going to be the worst thing in the world it's just not considered as good as the protein powders um, and the ones that i like in terms of bars the rx bar is pretty good because it has very few ingredients um, and then i also like the quest bar as well next question brian do you have any suggestions for a good barbecue sauce for chicken or for pork most are high in sugar absolutely true most sauces are high in sugar so um, i i provided three options here one you could go with a low or sugar-free barbecue sauce that is an option um, lots of those are out there uh, on the grocery uh, on the um in the grocery stores if you're gonna baste with the sauce um it tends not to caramelize when it doesn't have sugar in it. So, and it also will have a little bit different um, texture and um, savoriness. So keep that in mind. The other option is use your regular sauce. And it kind of is back to the um, half and half creamer. You know, just don't use excessive amounts. If your meal consists of chicken um, or pork and let's say a sweet potato, and steamed veggies that's going to be your lean protein starchy carb fibrous carb the protein in the meat and the fiber in the fibrous carb the veggies will slow the absorption of the sugar in the barbecue sauce assuming that we did not go crazy and just use an entire jar of sauce all right so that's your second option stay with the same sauce but use it what it's designed for as a as a condiment it's not designed to be a big component of the meal 
all right? Uh, if it's if you have 10 grams of the sauce, uh, if there's 10 grams of sugar within the sauce, that's 40 calories. If your meal is 400 calories, it's 10%. And again, the protein and the fiber will slow the absorption of the sugar. And that's really the concern we have. When you consume a meal that is a high percentage of sugar, all that sugar is going to be absorbed into the bloodstream very quickly. And it's going to cause the pancreas to secrete insulin, turning down its production of glucagon, the fat release hormone. Pancreas does such a good job with insulin, it secretes enough to take all sugar out of the blood and you're left with a residual low blood sugar situation. When that happens, it's similar to you going way too long without eating. Low blood sugar, your body is seeking out the most, the quickest form of energy possible. And that is once again, sugar. And it begins that roller coaster, blood sugar up, blood sugar down, blood sugar up, blood sugar down. All right. And then one more, my third suggestion is, and some people look at this and they're like, oh, that's kind of extreme. It, it might be on the surface, but it's certainly doable. Don't use barbecue sauce, okay? Our taste preferences will adapt to what we provide them. It's very true. So many people doubt this until they actually try it, but you can actually enjoy chicken and pork with a rub, okay? Seasoned, you know, put it on your smoker, all right? And you can actually enjoy it without adding or basting a sauce that's high in sugar. Okay, so give those three a, sh a, a try and it won't really be an issue if you follow one of those three options. The sugar won't be an issue. And just consolidating some questions here, basically around um, planning your food um, ahead of time Sundays or over the weekend. Um, you know, some people have indicated that it's not their specialty or they're not in the habit of it. Um, I totally get that. Um, and that's why we just want to start with plan five meals. Think ahead for five meals. Um, if one of your meals is going to involve a chicken breast, perhaps you can make a few extra chicken breasts so that during the week when things get busy, it just, it lightens the load a little bit. You don't have to do get out the chicken breast and season it and marinate it and put it, you know, cook it in some ways, prepare some veggies ahead of time. Um, whatever that means for you, can, you can chop them up. You can use the pre-cut ones um, that come from the fresh produce department at your grocery store. You can grill them. You can um, steam them. You can um, all kinds of different ways you can make your veggies. Make a whole bunch of them so that you've got a chicken breast that's easy to pull out, warm up a little bit. You've got some steamed veggies or you've got some uh, roasted veggies that you can just pull out of the container, put them in there, warm it up. And then all you got to do is find a starchy carb. You can make a bunch of baked potatoes ahead of time, some squash ahead of time. So I want you guys, I know everybody's prepared food before, okay? It's not any more difficult than that. Just prepare some stuff ahead of time. Do the best you can. The other thing, the hierarchy of veggies, fresh veggies, are always best. Then the next step is the fresh frozen veggies are pretty close to just fresh veggies that you can pull off of out of the produce section of your grocery store. 
And then behind the frozen would be the canned veggies. Honestly, if uh, canned veggies have their place, but any vegetable that will maintain its quote-unquote freshness inside of a dark can in a pantry for months is not going to provide the same quality of nutrients and energy to the body as one that if you leave it out too long on the shelf is going to go bad within a week or so all right so hierarchy fresh then fresh frozen and then canned kind of your hierarchy of vegetables to think about when you are preparing those fibrous carbohydrates as we start to wrap up here on the q a some things are going to be very specific. People have sent me, you know, pictures of their food and is this okay? Is that okay? Not worth um, trying to share that with everybody. Um, so I will be replying to individuals. Some things might require phone call. Conversation is a lot easier than trying to do things by email. It just is. Um, there's more give and take to the conversation. So keep that in mind. But the other thing is everybody has unique preferences and unique lifestyles etc and so everybody's going to do this a little differently and it's really important that you do not attempt to do this perfectly or do it the way i do it or do it the way your best friend does it um i just finished a meal and some people are going to say it's gross some people might say oh that's interesting um i took baked scoops which low in fat um, three ingredients or less, and I scooped out cottage cheese, all right? And then after I had enough of those to fill me up, I had a tomato, all right? Is that a perfect meal? No, but there was zero food prep involved, and I got my lean protein. It was a low-fat cottage cheese. My starchy carb, you know, there's some grains in the... Um, in the baked scoops is it perfect of course not and the tomato was great you know there's nothing wrong with the tomato so that's going to carry me until my next meal i had to do it because i'm under a time crunch today all right i could have pulled out one of the prep meals but i'd rather eat one of the the pre-prepared meals that we we did over the weekend when i have a little bit more time to enjoy it all right so make this work for you it doesn't have to be perfect being on this journey of body fat reduction takes work okay and everybody approaches it differently it's really important that you blend um, your lifestyle with your goals for where you want your body to be in terms of functionality and in terms of appearance and in terms of body composition etc okay so everybody's going to be different with that. Some people could come into my house and say, your, your bedroom closet is a mess. All right. I know it's a mess. All right. I'm not ready to attack it right now. You might not be ready to go 100% into this whole, you know, nutrition stuff that we are focused on right now. Make sure that you're also doing things to keep yourself happy. We don't want this to be some kind of crazy diet restrictive painful process you know do your morning ritual do your evening journal make sure you do an act of thoughtfulness for somebody every day we haven't talked about that with all this nutrition stuff make it a balance it's a really really hectic 
year. It's a hectic time of a hectic year. It's it's only getting more challenging as we approach election. And then right after that, we got the holidays. So make the most of this. Make this work. Customize it for where you are today. All right. You don't have to do this perfectly. If you do it perfectly, you know, I'm not going to allow you to be a customer of mine anymore. I do not work with perfect people. I work with people who put in effort and people who want to get just a little bit better over time. If you have any more questions, excuse me, if you have any more questions, send me a text message, okay? Happy to do another podcast. We do have more podcasts coming when it comes to sharing the accelerated fat loss method and we are going to be practicing that right now we're just focused on accelerating maximizing your current metabolism all right 513-325-0886 to text me any questions or send them by email and i will talk with you soon